0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com.
1: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.
0: Live from MMA Fighting Studios, this is Between the Links. And now, your host,
1: Mike
0: Heck. Hi
1: everybody, the iconic voice of Esther Lynn welcomes you to a brand new and very special edition of Between the Links here on MMAFighting.com, audio only this week because it's just too damn complicated to do video right now with everything that is going on. We are here in Boston, Massachusetts and it's nice to be in person with multiple people joining the program. This will not be your typical show. We're just going to hang out, relax, and uh, have a conversation. So joining me, the one and only Jose Youngs here in Boston. And there's really only two people from MMAFighting.com who should be on the ground here. Fuck it's man. you and I, the, the New England. Fucking
2: Boston!
1: <laughs> <laughs> and as you could hear, uh, the sound of Oscar Willis, who... I've seen a lot of you, Oscar. In the last yeah. three weeks, I've seen you more in the last three weeks than I've seen you in the last three years. I
2: can't have much of a good thing, Mike.
1: Yes, absolutely. So... Let's get into this. The reason why we're here, UFC 292. We just wrapped up media day. We heard from all the taste makers. We heard from Aljamain Sterling. We heard from Sean O'Malley, Zhang Wei Amanda Lemosh, and the list goes on and on. I'll start with you, Oscar, since you're the special guest here from the Mac Life. Biggest takeaway from media day today, whether it's from Sterling, O'Malley, or anybody else on the card. I had a couple
2: of interesting takeaways. First of all, I thought uh, I'm basing my takeaways on the reaction of the fans. Comments to the content we've put up, right? For some reason, they've responded well to Aljamain today. And that's been a, a hard sort of target for him to land every so often. Sometimes he says some stuff, rubs people out the wrong way. I thought today he just came off like, hey, the confident champion. You know, sometimes when guys are already telling you their future plans are are basically leave and do, try new waters at a different division, some people kind of that rubs them out the wrong way. I feel like everyone's just kind of like, okay, Aljamain is the champion. You know, he's never had that. Until the Cejudo fight, it felt like he never had that signature win, right? The TJ came in like a limp-armed gimp, and, you know, before that, he yeah, had the controversial win over PD Ann. I think, like, the, the Cejudo fight seemed to really cement him as champion in a lot of people's minds. And so, for me, Aljamain carried championship air around him. And then on the flip side, I thought, Sean sure O'Malley. Not overawed at all by the scenario. Again, like he, he didn't want to say it quite so bluntly, but basically he expected this to happen. He's not surprised it happened and he's here to sort of tick off the last step in what he has perceived as his championship journey.
1: What I took away, Jose, the most was Sean O'Malley's honesty. And even Algermaine's as well. Like Algermain, like 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 Oscar said, very confident champion, what he says he believes, but even the way Sean views this fight, very confident that One, that this is meant to be, and two, even if his vibe check is wrong, he feels like he. even if he loses to Aljamain Sterling, everyone feels like he's supposed to lose anyways, so he doesn't really lose a whole lot here, especially with Aljamain potentially moving up to 145. So what was your biggest takeaway from the media day, what O'Malley or or Sterling had to say today?
0: Well, the two of them, I think the big thing is when we get dominant champions, they're... They're, they're, they're either one of two things they're hyper confident like John Jones where they're just like it's a formality that they're going to win Even what, whatever they say and what the, me, what the media says then you get guys that are like George that are just like martial artists or Anderson where they're just you know we're going to go out there and compete in this and that but like Al Jermaine since he won has said has been I might lose my next fight he's the biggest realist I think he is I wanted to ask him that like out of every champion I've been, I've covered over the last 10 years you're really the only one like hit like today at media day he goes if I lose Sean O'Malley becomes a superstar but if I win then the funk era begins it's a win win for the UFC yeah. and it's very Bizarre, you don't hear that a lot from a champion.
2: Well, even this week, I saw on, on social media he had this like list from 2019 of his goals yeah. and stuff like that. And even if you read it, you're like this is not the mind of a fighter, you know, if a mind of a fighter, you're seeing words just like kill written over and over again in frantically dark mm-hmm. and darker ring. But he had like, I want this much money in my bank by this much, this date, and stuff like that. He's always been a very like sort of his feet are firmly on the ground. Yeah, I think that gets lost in translation a lot with what he does, but actually, he's a pretty like I don't think Algemain has ever said, like, let's take him, we'll get on to him, for sure we will, but Ian <laughs> Gary, right? He gives <laughs> to Ian Garry talk, and it's an Aljamain Sterling talk, couldn't be fucking further apart, because Ian basically thinks he could probably fight Jesus and, and, and knock him out, and Aljamain is very like, I could lose every fight. Every fight I go into, I could probably lose, right. and if I lose, this is what will happen. It's very interesting to have a champion who's, like Jose said, been very dominant, but is also aware of the realities of man
0: <laughs> that, that, wow. and it's the flip with o, with o'malley it's, you see fighters like my biggest thing is like i want to be ufc champ i want to be this sean o'malley's like i always knew i would be a superstar yeah they're and he even ju- said i want to be rich and famous he they're said that. they're similar in the sense that they know what they want but they're also realistic that it might not happen <laughs> or they're realistic in their trajectories like I remember Sean O'Malley did an interview. It might have been on the MMA hour where where I might have been Ariel. They're like, oh, Ariel's or Alzerman, says he has, like, a torn bicep or something. He's like, yeah, that sucks for him. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, <laughs> yeah. that sucks. Like, that sucks. So, like, he's very realistic. He's looking at dollar signs. Alzerman's looking at dollar signs. And I kind of like it. It's contrasting, but it both avenues are kind of refreshing in the sense of challenger and contender.
2: Yeah, I feel like this is... Almost a repeat of the Sahudo fight in terms of the quote-unquote vibes, but O'Malley's just a lot less. He's a lot less annoying than Henry was, especially because Henry had those fucking goons following him everywhere. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. the fact they're not there, but so I get the same sort of vibe from both guys. Like uh, Aljamain, where he's like, he says this, he says that, that annoys me, and then he pauses and goes, but I also can kind of find the comedy in it. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I found interesting, I like both of your takes. Was uh, I asked Aljamain? a very fantastic question actually um, <laughs> I asked him uh, you know does he feel Sean O'Malley has the it factor because as I was flying to Boston on the, the decade long flight <laughs> yesterday I was thinking like it's kind of weird, right? You know, this, this guy's got the it factor, this guy's got the it factor. And you never really stop to think about what it's like to be the guy fighting him. Because basically what you're saying is like, hey, you're fighting a guy with the it factor. You're basically saying, hey, you're a boring bastard. and This guy's really cool. So I was kind of curious to see if Aljamain felt this aura. And he just doesn't, I don't think.
1: There, there are a lot of interesting things that were said. Aljamain, like, like you mentioned that either Sean's going to become a superstar or it's going to be the start of the funk era. Yeah. But at the same token, he's already said when he was asked what the reaction of the MMA community is going to be if he beat Sean O'Malley, because he doesn't get credit for any of his wins anyway. It's going to be, eh, yeah. Sean shouldn't be here to, in the first place. And then on the flip side, I feel like Sean is really taking, and Jose, you could probably speak on this, a very smart, like, pro wrestling-esque approach. Because Sean? Yeah, because yeah. Sean is putting over Al Jermaine as the greatest man of, the of team. all time. I, I felt the exact same, the same thing. Exact but, at same same but at the same token, yeah. when Sean, when Aljo is kind of talking about Sean, Sean even said, like, well, what's that going to mean when I beat him? He lost to the dude who shouldn't be here in the first place. So I, I, this fight has become really interesting. So I guess, like, the big question, and I'll get to you with the same thing, Oscar, is... Is this the biggest Bantamweight title fight of all time? Because it's a main event, it's nah. in Boston. There have been, like, bigger named, more interesting was TJ matchups. Dom
2: in Boston as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was yeah. a, fight, but it was a fight. This is fight the second card. biggest
1: Bantamweight fight they've had in Boston.
0: What? So you feel like that fight is bigger than no, this one? No, I think the biggest Bantamweight fight, and I, the one I was in attendance for, and I know MMA fighting doesn't like to talk about the event, but <laughs> Dom Uriah 3 at UFC 199, that felt really big because that was... Like Dom had beaten had beaten TJ, and then he turned around quick to fight Uriah. Uriah was saying all the right things. He's like, I, Uri- I remember that narrative. Uriah was like, I was going to retire. The only reason I'm fighting still is because I wanted the trilogy to deal with you.
2: For, for me, I I still think it's Dom versus TJ because actually Dom's return to championship level from the ridiculous shit he had to deal with.
0: It's probably one of the most underrated sports that is, of all sports. That's the most underrated fight in the history of MMA. Oh, just,
2: to, but but you know, it's like the master versus the the pupil, the build up. To me, that was the biggest band fight of all time. Now that said, if you wait five minutes and then you get Cody Garbrandt going out and kicking the fuck out of Dom, that's something to be. You know, it's like it's always about the aftermath of what happens. For me, that one was. I think this fight is one thing that came up a lot because everyone was asking fighters for their main event predictions and one reoccurring theme was we still don't know how good Sean O'Malley is mm-hmm. right because he beat Peter Yan, yes by maybe and then you know before that he stopped Pedro Munoz sort of you know there's a lot of like uh, question marks about all the shit he does so no one really knows how good he is and it reminds me of Connor and I know Sean probably loves that comparison but if you think of Connor when he came up he beat, you know, this guy. Oh, but he hasn't put a wrestler. Oh, he beat Chad Mendes, but Chad Mendes came off the couch. You know, there's a Broken lot of stuff, into, stuff into like until that, he yeah. gets in there with the champion, and then he's either good or he's not. And I think this Saturday, if Algermaine wins, it could make Sean look absolutely shit and not like he doesn't deserve to be in there with him. If Algermaine wins, it could look terrible for Sean. But I kind of thought PDM was going to make that happen, and Sean doesn't let it happen. It's a very interesting fight because I think there's still an X factor about what's Sean's actual ability.
1: Now, from a business sense, the UFC is never going to come out and flat out admit this, but they are hoping Sean O'Malley wins. <laughs> They're it's
0: poisoning Aljamain right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 100%.
1: They want Sean O'Malley to win. It flips this division upside down. Meritocracy be damned. We can get the Cheeto fight. The I say Merab out rankings on Tuesday. Poor I mean, Sand- like How pissed is Corey Sandhagen going to be, too? Because... Like Corey put the wood Vera. Give, give a, to Marlboro. They'll get Corey. So let me ask you this: Like honestly, from from a yeah, fans, we got some brother. some right. chicken wings coming. Yeah, yeah, sweet. From how you view the sport, Oscar. Yeah, different. Obviously, it's different than what the UFC is hopeful for. Aljo wins. He's vacating and moving up to 145. Opens things up a little bit. We have probably a three, possibly a four-horse race this if he wins. Is, yeah. If Aljo wins, okay. And if Sean wins, then it just flips the division upside down. So. What do you kind of hope the aftermath is going to, the tale that's going to be told? Is it better if Sean wins overall? Because then we kind of throw meritocracy out the window, but if Aljo wins and moves up, then we can have a more meritocratic thing. We could see a lot Uh, of different matchups we may not get if Sean wins on Saturday.
2: Bantamweight is the one rare exception to this rule.
1: Well, you know, obviously you see they
2: play fuckery all the time at other (laughs) divisions, and you're kind of like, ugh. But Bantamweight's kind of the weird one where it's like, I don't really give a fuck about meritocracy because right. any fight you do in the top 10 is a banger yeah so it doesn't really matter like if if you do Sean O'Malley versus uh Cheeto banger Corey banger but it's one of those things that that division is so stacked so so top like that, amazing it doesn't really matter I think it's if Aljamain were to lose and move up that hurts him a lot because i don't think i'm telling any tales where it doesn't
1: feel like the UFC. he's fighting loves are of lawyer well it up. doesn't
2: feel like the ufc's ever been really on the hype train for the funkmeister whereas if he wins <laughs> you, can't, you, you can't really deny him a fight against alex at some point right but if he loses mm-hmm. that guy ain't fucking sniffing gold forever yep so if you're a big Aljo fan you want him to win and move up there and, and try and get the bulk fight and if he, if he you know if sean wins i think it does bring in an interesting new era but stylistically i would say it's an interesting new era until he meets marab you know because marab's i think marab stylistically honestly, is the worst guy in the division for him other than you know honestly louder.
0: we're just waiting for umar to get there really we're just waiting for even umar over get, umar?
2: yeah uh over Umar, over
0: Marab. yeah I think right now, Bantamweight reminds me of what Lightweight was before Habib beat Dustin, where BJ was kind of the default answer for best Lightweight until Habib took that over. Right now, Dom kind of feels like the default answer for best Bantamweight until Umar shows up. I, I really believe that. Even I, if Aljo wins on Saturday and he has to be If Aljo wins, I will put him number one. But I think there's still a lot of fans that just don't view Aljo as the man. How much is that based on his personality? Yeah, it's 100% based on his personality. Yeah. You think, like, see, I'm curious. Like there, like, there was an argument that Benson Henderson was the best lightweight ever, but but he was just a boring guy that no one gave him credit.
1: Which is crazy considering his WEC run. <laughs> I'm joking.
0: some bangers in WEC. 100%, 100%. Yeah. That's
1: not UFC though, is it? So I mean, technically, it's like <laughs> in the same family, right? He beat Frankie, and I love Frankie. So. He beat him twice allegedly because i didn't allegedly. think he won either <laughs> yeah I, I think a lot of people feel so that i, I would think agree. if you go back and we watch those you might feel i think the first one he
0: won the second one he lost so
1: anyway continue so I, I know you love these questions Jose. Yep. you love these hypotheticals mm-hmm. the what ifs what happens next you know me mr hypothetical if aljamain sterling wins and vacates the title you've you got to feel pretty confident Mirab's going to be in there but maybe not
0: i'm not who's who's the fight who's going to be the who will be the vacant title fight in your eyes I'll actually no, I take that back. I wouldn't be surprised if they do Marab Sahudo, yeah. just because it's Marab. He has the Aljamain tie. He has like I think he has the second longest win streak going right now. Who has the lo- who has the longest win streak? There's like a fighter, is it who? like in all weight classes um, in the UFC? Marab's like second right now. Probably Islam, is it? Islam. Yeah, I yeah. think you're right. And then I think it's him and Aljamain might be tied. So I think. I think we john jones maybe i mean john's pretty good i it's pretty he's good on a one 5 win streak he lost to Dom. <laughs> <laughs> i think wow. i okay. think he uh i think it'll marab sejudo is probably the would probably be the betting favorite only because Corey and umar and everyone are hurt it just kind of becomes the default
2: i'll combine i'll agree with you i think it's probably marab sejudo i'm gonna say it from a behind the scenes angle i bet they do that because they they think Sohudo's is the best chance of beating Marab. Oh yeah, and they'd rather Cejudo as champ than Murad.
0: And then I bet if depending on how long Corey's how, like, I think no matter what happens on Saturday, Cheeto fights O'Malley in December. Regardless of who wins and who loses, that's the fight in December. And if if Algerman if wins, vacates, and we get Cejudo Marab in December, I bet they do Cheeto versus. O'Malley for the number one contender, love it. And then Corey's just Corey's hurt, and and Umar's hurt. They're, he's going to fight Umar. Like, when <laughs> yeah, they, when they're, they're still going to fight each other. Unfortunately, going to fight each other. 100%. And I, because like I want to see Corey's Corey Sandhagen Corey fight Sean O'Malley so bad. <laughs> just as a high level martial arts fight, but like we're so far away from that happening. Unfortunately,
1: this this division just is going to look very much different second best division in now. MMA. Yes, but you're absolutely right about that. The co-main event, Oscar Willis. Uh, do you have anything more you want to add about this this main event first? Just out uh, of curiosity, how do we
2: feel Aljamain does at one forty-five?
0: I think it's tough because you got like I think I don't because the best fighter in the world. I think he's a perfect fighter. Like, but like, got Brian Ortega in, is big. Yeah, he is. He's a big Never guy. Never fights, but, but like yeah. like Ilie is a big guy. Yeah. Like, yeah I but think do
2: you, know, you like? But then. I could see Aljo doing damage against Yair. Oh, for you, sure. You know, you know, these
0: fights, he can. I think that I think it'll be very similar, like Conor. Like Eddie was a very good matchup for Conor, but Habib is not a good matchup for Conor. Right. You can't comment on this. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> Eddie Alvarez was the hardest fight in the division Conor's motion. that's yeah, the that's that's true. fact. <laughs> but I think it's going to be matchup wise. I don't like Aldo. I I favor Aldo against over everyone at band weight outside of Umar would be tough, and Marab would be tough. Obviously, Sweet. he's never going to fight Marab. Yeah. But
2: oh, I don't anyway. know if I can say that on record.
0: Anyway, Karen, I heard that trading
2: partners spar, and sometimes it's actually not as close as you think. Apparently, one dude just smokes. I'm sure.
0: Other. I'm very sure. I'm sure, that happens but, a lot. Yeah. Well, anyway, we're on. I mean, Islam's on record saying and to I beats him every time.
2: Yeah. Well, but I think uh, I think Al-Jameh being the realist that he was, I, he told me, and I can't remember if it was off record or on record, but it was ages ago, so I'm gonna say it. Um, <laughs> He never wanted to move up to Featherweight because the beat knocked him out and yeah. inspiring. And so he was always shook about that. But I think as he's filled out, and, you know, I don't know if this is true. I'd like to ask him, actually. But surely if you look up at the Featherweight champion and you're like, I think I might be bigger than that guy. Yeah, That's probably got to give you some, some inspiration too. Now, I would be in line with Jose that like Volkanovski is special. But Aljamain is also at the point of his career where it's like, well, try it. Yeah. Well give it a go. He said it, can...
0: he said it perfectly. He's like, I feel bad for people who don't want to like test themselves. May as well. Right. Dude, yeah. Alzheimer's is kinda of the man and He's everyone a good guy. Hates, yeah. everyone hates on him. And I I hate that people hate him.
2: Which is they so hate f- Volkanovski too. And
1: Israel. They hate
0: all the is there any fighter that's just beloved?
1: Conor <laughs> McGregor.
0: Right, right. <laughs> that's fair.
1: Frankie Edgar probably was. Yeah. Back in his heyday? I mean, Robbie Lawler at the end. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, Lawler's a good one. Justin Gaethje's probably. Is, no, is a good one. I bet
0: there's one the fighter. De- the D mm.
1: Yeah, there, I mean, there's a couple of fighters. Look, Connor probably has a problem with
0: everybody. He could can, he can dig down the pro- street. Yeah, months. that's true. He
1: Connor can probably dig down has a phone.
0: problem with the guy that says hello to him like, walking yeah. down the street. Well, how do you
2: say hello to him? Did he have the wrong tone? You don't <laughs> even know, Jose.
1: Did he look him in the eye? If you didn't look him in the eye, then. <laughs> no, the that's problem the is he did problem.
0: look him in the eye. Oh,
1: okay. Not all of us are the same. Just like uh, in the women's strawweight division, we have Zhang Weili (laughs) uh, getting ready to take on Amanda Lemos. And Oscar, Mm -hmm. I want to start with you because- Perfect, uh, perfect start. I thought, I (laughs) I enjoyed Amanda Like, Amanda Lemos brought a quiet confidence to her. She really, truly feels like she is better than Zhang Weili across the board, yet not a lot of people are giving her a chance. This fight is flying under the radar. She is flying under the radar in this one. This is a pretty good and interesting matchup on paper, is it not?
2: Listen, you know, every time you get to the big leagues, we've got to see how good you are. And Amanda's been there, and she's been proven and tested at this point, all right? She's fighting for the world title, and that means something special. Now, Zhang, would you argue she's more well-rounded? Of course you would. But Amanda has that x that power, that can equalize anything. It's a little bit like Sean and Aljamain we were just talking about. So I think... There's nothing like fighting for the t- Listen, you get some people who fight for the title. I don't want to say any names because that would be <laughs> shitty, but you get, some, you get some people who fight for the title and they walk to the cage like they're going to die. I don't think you'll get that from Amanda on Saturday. I also think there's something in it that Zhang's not the most intimidating woman alive you know she's a killer in the cage but outside she's very nice and sweet and stuff i actually think that helps you know it's not like a man who's laughing at you like a man in who is laughs at you when you're trying to be mean <laughs> i think there's something about zhang being quite nice that gives her her challenges a little bit of confidence uh do i think a man's gonna pull it off no nah. but i think it's nice that she feels like she might
1: yeah and that, that's always a good thing heading in this way. <laughs> It, it, What's funny is, Oscar said, like, Zhang doesn't seem like the type of fighter. She's not very intimidating when she's up at the microphone. There was one moment today where she was asked about Amanda's comments about being better than her everywhere, Jose. And at one point, the smirk kind of left her face and she got very wide-eyed and then very quickly was like, huh, we're just going to find out on Saturday. What did you take away from, from Zhang? Obviously, she loves being in Boston. Yeah, that was a fucking harder. jokes. By the way, he kicked the, I know you love this city. I was like, she does. And he's like, you fought here before. I was like, she did.
0: She's never <laughs> fought here. She was a guest fighter.
1: Yeah, she oh, got well, to Tom Brady. She got to meet Tom Brady. Tom it was like Brady, the best Tom, thing remember ever. Remember Tom C from Boston? He used to play for the Patriots. I
0: thought they would New cool. Karen, New England Patriots. We're in New England. Yeah, there's one word in there that matters, son, and it ain't new. Yeah, it and up. Then you guys wore red coats and marched in a straight line. Oh, yeah, this woods. is where the tea harbor thing was. <laughs> <worked. The> tea- <laughs> Hold on, before we get into that, I want on record, the actual start of the revolution was the burning of the Gatsby in Warwick, Rhode Island. A bunch of Rhode Island just got hammered and murdered a bunch of well, people. Well, now you're just bringing up old stuff. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> to, co- to get back to the current battle that we are dealing with, um... What was the question?
1: John Wealey. John Wealey.
0: The way she carries Dude, herself
1: and has this, those moments of being I absolutely terrible. John
0: Wealey is uh, one of those nomads that just travels around, and just wants to like absorb MMA knowledge. Amanda Lemos, I think, meritocracy-wise, is the right matchup for her right now because it was to the point where like she fought so long ago. I think it was the last MSG card, right? Like I That's wanted. Especially on the belly, yeah. Like I. We, like How many odds to the next ones? We were like, oh, could she be the next one to fight Jean-Way It's like, enough waiting. Who's highest ranked? Amanda, she hasn't fought. Wei go ahead. I've heard a nugget that they might want to do Asia again at the end of the year. So I bet they want to stay. Yeah, but I think that's a little... It's a UFC uh, thing. It is, but there might be a card before it, like in Singapore last year. That's a big maybe. But if they do go to Asia, then... I would imagine they want to do Zhang Wei versus Yan Jianan. Uh, if Amanda wins, they could just go, "Hey, congratulations on winning. Go defend it in Asia." Yeah, against Zhang Wei Li. And if that's the case, then Yan Jianan fights Tatiana Suarez. But I like this fight. I think it's of everyone that Weili has fought. Like yes, Rose head kicked her, and she has power. The second fight. I think there is a legitimate argument that Whaley won the second fight. I didn't score for her, but I won't tell you you're wrong if I you scored it for her. For, her. Um, for
2: some reason in my head, I thought she did. I was, I was literally about to be like, no, why have they done
0: a trilogy? She's 0-2 against Rose. Rose is 0-2 against Carla. Whaley's 1-0 against Carla. Well, Carla's a dominating force in that division, but right. so what are you going to do about Correct. that? Correct. Rose is now up at 125 and I. But of all the people I've mentioned, like Whaley has never fought someone that just has, like power she did she
2: fought andrage at murk 30 but, seconds but
0: andrage will like melt you this is like you get hit and you feel it like for extended periods of time yeah like rose and jessica Andrade will turn your lights off Whaley Li will punish you into into victory i think i'm not picking lemos to win but i like this matchup because lemos kind of presents stuff that Whaley hasn't faced yet. No, I, I don't think she does things better than her opponents, but I think she is a complete MMA fighter. It's probably her last run of the title. I like, I like the matchup. I really do. Whaley said, even was like, yeah, we knew we were going to fight her. So I picked Whaley to win. I think she's not the best fly, she's not the greatest strawweight ever. She has ways to go, but I think right now she's the best strawweight in the world. Well, second best, Tatiana's out there.
1: Yeah, it's a, great, it's a great division right now. I would like to see... Yes, yeah, Oscar,
0: what are your thoughts on women's MMA, the especially 150-pound division? I think they're so talented,
2: dude. That made it sound so sarcastic. Mike, you stared at me like, what are you doing? No, I think... I'm, I'm waiting for something. I wasn't going to be offensive. Okay. Uh, Tatiana Suarez is obviously the uncrowned yep. champion in a way i was actually do you know my first reaction to that is i was actually really bummed that joanna confirmed her retirement yesterday yeah. i really was like fuck go on girl give
0: it another go but, At, um, MMAfighting.com? Yeah. yes yes she did
2: but yeah i was kind of bummed by that i really thought she was going to come back and um, she spoke in abu dhabi she came up to me and brett and she was just like like how's life and she just like nearly started crying she's like i just miss it so much and i was you know i presume she wasn't just crying at the sight of brett but she was like you know very emotionally like she wanted to come back and i guess she must have found peace but anyway what were we talking about
1: yeah i i didn't think she was retired until like right now yeah now until, i'm pissed about that, it unless
2: she's doing never mind
1: yeah they're even even like last year international fight week i felt like the door was not even closed it was still open and she could just run through it anytime she wanted
2: she could have come back for carla for for a title you yeah, could have made a BMF belt for the women.
1: They should have.
2: They it
0: should have been murdered. against Andrade, the rematch. Yeah. Those are the two BMFs at Mate, 115. Dude, what do you
2: think about that? She murked Andrade. That wasn't close. It was 50-44 uh, on yeah, my dude, scorecard. Killed her, yeah. It
1: was a masterclass, for sure. Uh, and
2: now she's has gone.
1: <laughs> now she's all gone. Uh, two last fights I want to talk about. I mean, there's obviously other storylines. Follow MAFighting.com for the rest of those. But you mentioned him earlier, Oscar Willis. Ian Machado Gary. The man <laughs> just knows how to talk. Yes. He can talk forever. He could, Yes, uh, he can. He could just sell it, man. And he's putting this thing over. He's very confident. He feels like he's carrying the, the weight of this card on his back. People aren't going to wake up at 5 a.m. to watch Aljamain Sterling versus Sean O'Malley, but they'll wake up at 5 a.m. to watch me. Gosh darn it. Ian Machado Gary versus Neil Magny. Not the same fight that we were getting. I was very excited for the Jeff Neil fight, but I kind of feel like this is a very showcasey kind of a fight yeah. for Ian Machado Gary. But Neil Magny was a little low-key spicy at this at this media day as well your thoughts on both of those guys today well I tweeted out the who in the
2: good fuck is waking up at 5am to watch Aljamain and Shaw no and i they're waking up for me and the first reply was I'm not waking up for a Neil Magni fight so that's kind of <laughs> um, I think Ian. <laughs> that's such a good answer it's good isn't it I think Ian is uh, I think Ian is the sort of generational evolution of what Connor was right I think all of us were in our prime shall we say for Connor's rise up and there was a period in our lives where Connor could say or do anything that could not miss like anything he did I was like that's the funniest person I've ever seen <laughs> Every, oh my god he's so witty and I feel like now when Ian does his thing I'm often sat there being like my god he's he's still talking you know and I think I wonder if some of that is basically because I'm older than he is and he's appealing to a younger audience than than I am now you know is he the generation Z who are like louder more brash the Jake Paul school of thought who is now in a partnership with that kind of I, I sort of I've left the jury out on if he on what I feel about it really I'm just kind of curious I'm like is this guy just like the new version of something that and I'm being the old man now you know um In terms of the fight, I was hyped for that Jeff Neal fight as well. I probably wouldn't go as far as to agree with Ian that his T-shirt made Jeff Neal pull out. Uh, I I think Neal, I'm going to be trying to be as polite as I can. Neal Magny has often been regarded as the gatekeeper of the division. You get that title for a reason. You get that label for a reason. And then when you get that label about eight years ago and you're still there, I think this fight probably looks in one way, you know, one direction.
1: Yeah, I mean, you want to call him a gatekeeper or a litmus test, you can also call him Mr. Reliable, Jose, which is a good thing about For Neil sure. Maggis. There ain't a lot of guys in Neil's position, Whoa. guy with 30 fights in the UFC. How many people were... We're going to take this
0: fight. How many people were begging to fight Hamza? How many not people many. were like, I'll fight Shafkot. Yeah. Like, that dude, I say what you want about his fighting style, that dude does not say no. No, but... Some might say he's the most winning fighter in the history of the welterweight division. Is he really? Most wins ever. Past GSP. He's been around. Is it? Yeah. Yes. Good for Neil. He really. has more wins. And you know who that infuriates? Chael Sonnen. He goes, allegedly, Neil Magny's fighting. Allegedly, he has the most <laughs> wins in the welterweight division. We didn't know. That makes me
2: just think Chael and him are best friends. because I know. I love it. I love it.
0: Well, guys. Anyway. <laughs>
1: We do have Marlon. <laughs> <laughs> we got Marlon <laughs> Pedro Munoz. Yeah, well, hold so on,
2: before see. we move on, oh, what's, what's your thoughts on Ian? Like, you know, he's up there. He's he. First of all, he no no sold my call out of Be- uh, Derek from Better, which I was. I remain upset about. I wanted some traction on that, but you know, do you do you get what I mean by he's the next? He's like the generation after us. Do you get what I mean?
1: I mean, being, or do you just think he's an annoying class? I mean, being the real old man at the table, uh, I get where you're coming from. Where. I kind of have that, like, grandfather syndrome. Uh, like, yeah. you hear a song on the radio and your kid hates it. Oh, but this is, like, what I grew
2: up yeah, yeah. like
1: loving. And maybe I am just kind of aging up. But I also, behind the scenes, talk to Ian. And he kind of keeps that same energy. I don't he's think the he's same putting same on a dude. character.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely a, and, don't think he's putting on a character. I think he's quite a sweet guy. He is. I think when you get on stage and say the three best talkers in the history of the UFC are Conor McGregor, Chael Sonnen, and me, you have a lot to live up to. He's got oof. Do you know what I'm saying? Oof.
1: He's got work to
0: do. He, he, uh, says he, he says,
2: says he's fucking, things. I think he says When he his debut, I was like, this guy's not. Like, but then he it, it, he's one of those fighters that every time they fight, you can actually see the improvement. But not For just sure. a little bit. Like For massive, sure. Like oh wow, he's like he fucked up D-Rod.
1: Yeah. Mer- he's I, super Who did he meet before? That was the um, Sun Kanan. Yeah, that fight. He got dropped. He got dropped in that fight, but the and then the right? Ride.
0: Third fight. He beat Gabe Green and he beat Jarrah. Uh, oh man, because he, he beat him Jordan with the Williams. same Williams
2: cross yeah, he, that Connor did. But he, but his, he's he's good. Like his first couple of fights, he's getting tagged, and I was like, How are you getting tagged by this guy? And then against Erod, he just didn't. It was clean. Didn't he's break the a one, sweat. The one before that was clean. I think on Ma- I think Maddie's getting all respect to Neil, but I think first round finish
0: probably. I don't think so. You don't think so? I think I think Ian will win, but I just think Neil is. He's not been knocked out, yeah. has he? Yeah, but it always comes. Yeah. Lorenz Larkin. No, Lorenz, but, but that was like a beat down. That wasn't like a meltdown. But it always yeah. comes like.
2: It always comes he yeah, always, always been comes submitted around. around
0: a, he's yeah. been submitted. Now, if Ian submits him, because Ian's been submitted by Maya, RDA, like Gilbert Burns, those three names are probably the best three grapplers in the history of the welterweight division. If Ian Gary, Tat, oh, and, Sha- and, Sh- and did, Shavka. And Shavka, if he submits Neil Magny, I'm like, okay, he's unbelievable. If he just. I don't know. If he kicks him, if he does, Three he did rounds, the Neil round. Magling is not, to beat Neil Magling in three rounds is tough. I actually think what Ian should
2: do is do, like, what he's doing, like, being Mr. Positive while being Mr. Brash. I think slowly but surely he'll become the biggest heel in the company. I don't, because you know, I think he everyone won't, will be like, he'll be like, what was that guy who in WWE used to run around being like, ah.
0: Hecks up. Bo, Bo Dallas. Bo Dallas. He's uh, like, Bo, Bo Dallas. Leave. Yeah. Bo That's leave, like Ian yes. Gary.
1: Could be, Yes.
0: He's J- he's the like Jason that. Jordan of of.
1: Um. <laughs> that's
0: a g- that's a great comparison. I get. I think I think you nailed it. Where he's kind of the product of, you saw what worked for a lot of people. Yeah. And like he's taking bits of jail. He's taking bits of Conor and this and that. And I know, people hated like people above us like in the age demographic, hated Conor. Some of us that lived in Europe, or had ties to Europe got tattoos of Conor McGregor's quotes on their body forever. <laughs> right? Right? I've you know, that. you probably don't. that happen. So, <laughs> so some of them might have that. They might have been going
2: through a rough period in their life,
0: Jose, you don't know. Why, do you know someone?
2: Nah, I right. <laughs> Listen, if you got to feel somewhere, why not feel unbeatable? Like Who said that?
0: Conor McGregor did. You should get that tattooed on you. Oh should. <laughs> so anyway, like i get people hate so i look at it through like i'm like is because i'm with i am 100 percent with the oscar there was a point in time where i thought Con, anything conor mcgregor did i just like consumed not because i was a massive fan but i'm like he is so you can't miss him i don't feel the same with ian but we're talking about him yeah. like and that's the thing like we've we glazed over Cheeto Vera, who is. We haven't even got there. N- so exciting! We're talking about Ian Garrett. Anyway, continue. Yeah, I mean, Chito
1: good Vera. or bad, he does, he does evoke emotion, and that's very important in the fight game. Whether you want to s- pay for him to see him win or pay to see him get his ass kicked, sure, it's a good quality, and I feel like, I feel like he will become one of the Cheeto Vera the by company. decision. That's my pick. Do you, but
2: wait, hold on, you can either be, you can either be like the next Conor. Oh, do I want to put this on record? Or you could be like Paddy, right? Paddy was a massive star, one slip up, and now everyone seems to just fucking hate him. Ian, if Ian, like, loses or gets gifted a decision, he's Paddy. And then it's all negative.
0: That's a good point. That's a very good point. I'm also very, because he seems, if he beats Neil, and then he fights whoever in December, like he says, and then he goes to Ireland, I have no idea what the reception will be
2: in Ireland yeah. i cheering because have got no one else to cheer
0: I feel like Ian's kind of in the middle
1: and even if he does lose he's going to take a rash of shit up for it at least real quick but if he shows up to like a press conference or he does an interview right away and just takes it on the chin and he's like yeah man yeah, he dude was better than me and he just loses really well I think that's going to be a good thing for him I think him losing it stunts him a little bit, but he's so super young, man.
2: Like, he could just get right back into it. Well, also, it. I think he's a real talent as well. Yeah, he's the, he's like, the actual I the I, I think, and his size and sort of stat, like, uh, physical frame for that division, it's going to be a problem. He's
0: you know? not like Han where he's a massive welterweight. Like, yeah. he's good for the division. No, he's anyway. good for the
1: division, but he's long, and then. But then he, again, yeah, fuck it. Karen. So here you go, Vera by decision. Seemed pretty confident there. Uh Vera, Pedro, but- Pedro Munoz. I like this fight a lot. I think it's going to be really good. I think
0: Pedro is very good. I think he beat Cody at the right time. Like, Cody would have, like, he just knocked him out because Cody fought like an idiot. I think Cody's better than Pedro Munoz on a good day. The Pedro that the, the Cody Garber that fought Dom Cruz smokes Pedro Munoz. Well, the
1: Pedro, the Cody Garber that
0: fought Dom Cruz that night beats a lot of dudes. Correct. But the TJ that fought Rafael dos us 200 beats everybody. Yeah. So this bantamweight's great, but I don't know, man. I just, I, I literally, it, literally I just think Marlon Barrett's a better fighter. Yeah. I just think that. Uh, Pedro Munoz is super talented, super durable, super dependable. I can't believe they've never fought wild like look he's what he's lost 4 of 6 or something like that who's he lost to like literally, the, literally champions so he's like the Neil of bantam I love it I feel
2: like for me the interesting thing about this fight is kind of Cheeto because I think to a degree Cheeto has I don't want to use the words found out been found out but he is a guy who does he's like Romero in a way I don't do a lot and then I kill you You know, that's the sort of vibe I get from Cheeto. That's been the last few couple couple of his fights. And sometimes that makes you look awesome, like against Tom Cruise, where you get beaten in every round and then you kick his fucking nose across his chin. Or you look like you do against Sanhagen, where you just look like you shouldn't have been there and it was weird that you were there. Um, Pedro Munoz is an active guy. Now, is it a thing where the more activity you face is the more you're going to get out of Cheeto? Possibly. But I don't think this is like a guaranteed win for Chido Vera because I think if he continues this sort of like pause, 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 wait for that perfect opening and then fire, every time you do that, it's a risk because that perfect opening might not land. You know, Tyron Woodley did it for a bit and didn't help him every mm. so often. You know, it's if you're going to wait too long, MMA of all sports as well, sometimes it's better just close your eyes and just swing at the cunt. You know what I mean? So it's just, yeah, I think... This fight is dictated on which Cheeto shows up, for me. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I understand why Pedro Munoz is a popular dog pick this week. Uh, I love the women's fights. Andre Lee, Natty Ice. We got Marina Morose, Karine Silva, Gerald Mearshart, Andre Petroski. That fight is probably not going to the cards. Hell we got the two no. tough finale fights. Cody Gibson, Brad Katona, Kurt Halbo, Austin Hubbard, Gregory Rodriguez, Dennis Tallulia. Another fight that probably ain't going to the cards. But we got to end with this. Jose, no one is talking about Chris Weidman returning after everything that he's gone through, the the broken leg, coming back and fighting Brad Tavares. I mean, no one is talking about this at all. And I think it's a pretty big story. Now, he, the man may not be for everybody. I understand that, but this is, to the horrifying injury that this guy suffered, everything he's gone through to come back, I'm really surprised this isn't being
0: talked about more. I'm surprised that it's he wasn't a media day. I think Oscar was in agreement when we got the list. We're like, where's Weidman? Like, that seems like a no-brainer, but until Israel burst onto the scene, Weidman was kind of accepted as the second greatest middleweight ever. Now, if you want to argue that Israel has surpassed Anderson, I don't know about that yet, the fact that he won the title back is a big deal. I yeah. think that is huge for me. If he goes out there and dusts DDP, Sean Strickland, Hamza, he's the best ever. That's not even a question. But why? like, <sighs> I think Weidman retroactively is hugely underappreciated in MMA, like his fight against Lyoto. I said when he brought up, when Oscar brought up Dom TJ, I was like, that's an underrated fight. Leota Weidman is a super underrated fighter. The buildup for Vitor and Weidman is an underrated buildup. Like, Rockhold, Luke Rockhold versus Chris Weidman is everything Whitaker versus Adesanya 1 was. Like, the two best fighters from parts of the world that are just natural rivals, like New Zealand, Australia, LA versus New York, like, do you remember that? Like, that was Magic Johnson versus, like, Isaiah Thomas type left. It, like, it was unbelievable. I yeah. So losing to Rockle, fine. Losing to Romero, fine. The gegard one, a little goofy with the knee thing. His Kelvin Gas, he got dropped. He's literally only lost to former champions, and I include Dominic Reyes in that category because he beat John Jones. And then Uriah Hall, his legs shattered. Yeah. I think he would have beaten Uriah Hall, I honestly do. Brad Tavares has been in the UFC longer. He, he fought my former radio co-host Aaron Simpson. That's how long he's been in the UFC. I think after Matt Brown, Brad Tavares is the longest is the longest tenured tough contestant, right? He might be. He's up there. So this what is a, good a
1: statistic! <laughs> I think is he longer is... than than Lozon?
0: Ooh. I forgot Lozon. Is Lozon retired? No, I uh, thought he had Lozon. retired. No, the no. Lozons. Lozon should he be is fighting here? One. Yeah. So yeah, he's retired then. Yeah, Lozon. <laughs> <laughs> Lo- Lozon is the longest hand because he's tough five, and then I think Matt Brown was tough six, and I think uh, Brad Davares tough nine or eight. Regardless, this is a good matchup. I think it's the right opponent for Chris. I can't believe they have never fought. But yeah, it's odd that the UFC is not building them up. Yeah.
2: What do you think, Oscar? About weidman Tavares? Yes. I think in a weird way, providing he doesn't get, like, brutally knocked out, if Wiedemann goes the distance and loses on decision, that's still a win. Right. 100%. What he, what he went through, I think everyone is, including me, going to have a squeaky arsehole until he throws the first kick. Um, but, yeah, for me, it's, it, this fight is not about Wiedemann weidman was saying he's going to mount a title offense and stuff like that okay but i think really like all of us who respect weidman his longevity in the sport what matters to me is after you come back from an injury like that just seeing the end of the fight is the biggest win you can have and if he were to lose but it was decision i would love to see him walk away like hey you, your last image was not that on the canvas it was standing up on your own two feet weird expression i know but that would be cool for me if he wins you know then we could talk about his ceiling at this age and after this sort of injury but for me i just it's one of those weird ones where chris has done enough and he was cool and he beat anderson twice and everything it would just be nice if he could just leave the arena like in good health. And I think that'd be a win for everyone. Completely and if great. I was you right, well, I'd never fight again because the curse will eventually land and your legs are going to get it's snapped.
0: It's like uh, when when Anderson came back and beat Derek Br- and beat Nick Diaz. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, he, It was just like, just, just just be okay. And then he won and he cried. Yeah. I bet Wyman, win or lose, is going to be the same thing. I just like, I think the middleweight division is better with Chris because he's, he's a good fighter.
2: He's good Th- fighter, good name, good style for some yeah. of those guys. 100%. And he's just so, so much older, so much more worn weather than, you know. Like, there was that talk. They were going to do the Rockhold rematch. That I think, was the I original main event on 199. Yeah, he'd, he'd have probably battered fucking Rockhold, to be honest, I think. No. No, what no, 199? No, but I think they were talking about it after Rockhold lost to Blaukovic. I think they were talking the about The original
0: it main event of 199 was Rockhold Weinman. Yeah, and then, then your boy Weinman came, came in and fucking left. <laughs> and then the one-eyed monster came in and won.
2: How oh, dare you, sir. He'll be here. I'll have him stab you. Uh,
0: <laughs> and then uh, and then they were going to do the rematch again, but I can't remember who got hurt this time. No,
2: but at I 2.30. Think they were, at 2.30. Anyway, we sort of... Yeah, either way, I hope. Chris comes and gets what he needs to get out of it, but I don't necessarily think he needs to still consider this a career. But hey, he's his own man, and we've seen we've thrown dudes in worse shape in there. So yeah, it's a
1: good plan. All right, I think we're good because we're gonna be talking about this card for the next several days leading up to Saturday. But wanted to get a BTL done, a little bit of a different vibe, just kind of sitting in a hotel lobby and and chopping it
0: up. So having a couple cold ones. Yeah. Yeah, well, we You're the, so
2: lucky there wasn't a bar near us so, so I could be like, more more. <laughs> it
0: feels weird not doing this with John Morgan.
2: I know, shout out John Morgan. It sounds like it's dead now but no, shout out John. R.I.P. John Morgan. Shout Just out to John I Morgan. Do yeah, it. it off camera. Yes.
1: But we'll have, uh, we'll have the press conference coming up later on today as you hear this. We will have the uh, God damn it. We'll have, uh, there's another media day that's going down later on today with the Boston guys, Joe Lozon. Yeah, you might I know be there on Lozon. your own now, Mike. Rob Fox, Calvin <laughs> Cater, and Corey Sandhagen, I believe, are the the three gentlemen. Then we'll have the press conference. Wyman will be at the presser, yep. so we will get to hear from him and then all the way in fun on Friday and then all the fun on Saturday.
2: What, you know, so. Wyman comes out to – I might be on a tangent right now, but you know Wyman comes out to um, – Walk back, back down. down. Yeah, we've got to change that. What do you – it's what are we going to do? Real American, Hulk Hogan But he comes out like this. You know the slow bit? Oh, yeah, but... but he comes out on crutches.
0: Oh, so and he does he goes, the.
2: Dun, dun, he throws the crutches. So he, does, he cr- does the
0: Willy Wonka thing at the beginning where he comes out all slow and then falls down and somersaults. Willy and Wonka shouldn't have been allowed
2: near
1: children. Anyway. Yep.
0: That's a perfect way to end the program. <laughs> Wander <laughs> and Franco, that's right. Yes. I mean.
1: Oh, God. All right, now we're out of here. Thank you all very much. Uh, stay tuned to MMAfighting.com for UFC 292 coverage. Good night, everybody. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.